happiness is wonderfully appropriate for this day, Palm Sunday. Some people might ask, what is Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday, also called Passion Sunday, marks the beginning of Holy Week in the Christian faith. And those are those seven days, beginning Passion Sunday, Palm Sunday, and leading through to Easter, the day of resurrection. Um, And Palm Sunday celebrates the day that Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem. Um, And the rest of the week leads us all the way through the Last Supper into the crucifixion on Good Friday. You really don't want to miss that service. It's gorgeous. He has it down to a science up there. Um, And then it ends on Easter Sunday with the resurrection. It is said that when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on, and this is important, it was on a, quote, lowly donkey. This was, people don't know this. A lot of people don't know this. This was the fulfillment of a prophecy back in Zechariah saying that he would come riding on a lowly donkey. I thought that was kind of fascinating. But it said that as he rode in, people waved palm branches in the air and laid them in his path as a symbol of victory. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, it says, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The word Hosanna originally meant save. But it's come to mean an expression of gratitude and adoration. But I think that they were crying it out in a way that expressed both definitions. They cheered the miracles they knew he'd performed. These things that no one else had ever done. These impossibilities. They cheered the wisdom that he'd shared. And calling him the one who'd saved so many. So they were calling him the Savior, and they cried out in gratitude because, as we can now attest, all these great many years in the future, he changed the world with his presence, did he not? We are still learning these lessons every day in so many ways. And I think Palm Sunday is the perfect way to introduce our theme for the month, which is moving from a race consciousness to a grace consciousness. And I think that that is at the very heart of what Jesus the Christ taught us all, to turn away from limiting thoughts of a race mind to those of the divine. I know the term race mind or race consciousness. It can sound like something not so great if I don't explain it a little, huh? (laughs) I promise you it's not what some of you may be thinking. It has nothing to do with an individual's race, color, or ethnic origin, but rather it refers to an accumulated, to collective thoughts, feelings, beliefs, values, attitudes, words, and actions of the human race to which we are all subject, unless and until we can ascend into grace consciousness. So this entire month, not just today, but most certainly today, we're going to look at doing just that. We're looking at moving out of a place in our thinking, our feelings, our beliefs, our values, our attitudes, our words, into one that is controlled. That is something that is always controlled. It is unconsciously controlled, but nonetheless always controlled by the accumulated collective Things you have carried with you knowingly or not throughout your life. Race consciousness is very, very often associated with things like fear 
and lack and limitation and separation. And if you aren't sure that this is true, look to the news. It's been many years since my household, any of us has paid attention to what's on in the news. And that's because every morning, from the moment we turned on the TV, and it was kind of background noise to us getting ready, we put on the news every morning. And that's, that's what was playing as we did day stuff. It was full of exactly those things. That was the focus. The focus always seemed to be on some form of fear or lack or limitation or separation in just about every story. And um, from the little that I hear from people in conversations, the focus of the news hasn't changed much. Am I right? Still pretty negative? And so what we know is that we are unconsciously affected by these race consciousness ideas, which is so easy for me to say. Have you picked up on that? Race consciousness ideas. We unconsciously allow ourselves to be led around by these autopilot, default-setting, societally programmed race consciousness ideas until... We make a deliberate and conscious choice to bring God into the picture. When we do that, when we add a G for God to the word race, we get grace. And grace consciousness moves us to a place of love instead of fear. Abundance instead of lack. Freedom instead of limitation. Oneness instead of limitation. And those ideas, those qualities of love, abundance, freedom, oneness, they pretty much sum up the essence of grace, right? And aren't those those very same principles taught to us by Jesus and which we all strive to embody to this day? This is why we're doing it Palm Sunday. There's some really deep wisdom here today. So you're going to really want to pay attention closely. Um, In fact, you might pay attention as though you were a nun. It was in a convent in Ireland that the 98-year-old mother superior lay preparing to make her transition. The nuns gathered around her bed trying to make her last journey here on earth comfortable. They tried giving her warm milk to drink, but she refused it. One of the nuns took the glass back to the kitchen and then... Remembering a little bottle of Irish whiskey that had been received as a gift the previous Christmas, she opened it and poured a generous amount into the warm milk. Back at Mother Superior's bed, they held the glass to her lips. The frail nun drank a little, then a little more, And before they knew it, she had finished the whole glass down to the last drop. And as her eyes brightened, the nuns thought it would be a good opportunity to have one last talk with their spiritual leader. Mother, the nuns asked earnestly, please give us some of your wisdom before you leave us. As the mother superior raised herself up in bed on one elbow, they all leaned in to hear what final wisdom she would leave them with. They were on all pins and needles waiting when she looked at them deeply in their eyes and said, don't ever sell that cow. Okay, there's better wisdom for you in here today, I promise. And I'll get to it. So first... 
let's define the word consciousness. We've looked at this in the past, so we're going to keep it as, as compact as we can and still make the point. I believe our consciousness is a combination of seven things. Those thoughts, feelings, beliefs, values, attitudes, words, actions, and one more, choices. That's the eighth one that's most important. For me, I think choice is everything, you know? And it's, it's tough sometimes to choose the path that you should when the easy path is right in your face. Those thoughts, those seven plus one, that's the totality of who we are. But it starts with our thoughts, our feelings, and our beliefs. And why is that important? Why is this deep wisdom? It's because this is what we create from. Remember, we're creative beings imbued with the divine quality of creativity and surrounded by and filled with God's perfect law that takes the direct impress of our consciousness, our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, our attitudes, our values, our words, and mental and physical actions, and it acts upon that. That's a slighty, slightly modified passage from the, what has come to be called the what we believe. And it's in every Signs of Mind magazine article. Now let's move on to race consciousness. This is a term often used in our new thought teachings as well as in unity and religious science. It's one that can be misunderstood. As I said before, it has nothing to do with an individual's race, color, ethnic origin, not at all. Rather, it refers to the accumulated collective thoughts, feelings, beliefs, values, attitudes, words, and actions of the human race to which we're all subject, unless and until, as we said before. But I'm going to jump ahead of myself. I'm going to keep going before we come back to that. Ernest Holmes spoke quite a bit about race consciousness. And here are a few of the things he had to say. On page 348 and 349, he said, race suggestion is a very real thing. And each of us carries around with us and has written into our mentality many impressions which we never consciously thought of or experienced. There is a tendency on the part of all of us to reproduce the accumulated subjective experiences of the human race. Also in the Science of Mind, on page 115, the collective unconscious contains a record of all human events that have ever transpired. We are all more or less subject to this collective thought since it acts as a powerful race suggestion. The sum total of all erroneous human belief binds until, we'll get to that in a minute, You get the picture though, right? So let's look for a moment at some common race consciousness beliefs. Now, you may not personally hold these, but it's an observation. Tell me if you think they're in the collective thought, okay? The collective consciousness. To test the first one, I have a question I'd like you to think about, okay? How do you feel, how do you react when someone tells you they have a cold? What's your reaction? What are your feelings about that when they say it? Yeah, Gene went, eee! In this day and age, it's a lot, right? Someone says they have a cold, you take a giant step back. But it's not a positive mindset, is it? What, how do you feel if somebody tells you they have cancer? That's a, that's a step forward, right? You want to hold them, you want to make it better. What is the race-conscious belief about cancer? That it kills, right? 
What do you believe happens to our bodies as we age? Do you think we stay vital and spry and energetic, or do you think we deteriorate as we age? It's all downhill from here, you know. The rest of us make jokes like, you know you're getting older when everything that works hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work, right? You feel like the morning after, yet you haven't had the night before. I've actually had that, and that was weird. Um, Your little black book contains only names ending in what? MD. You look forward to a dull evening. Okay, that one's kind of true. Yeah. Your knees buckle and your belt won't. Your back goes out more than you do. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. And drum roll, please. You know all the answers, but nobody asks the questions. What race-conscious race beliefs about aging do those jokes show? Interesting. It takes us to another race-conscious belief about aging. The elderly have nothing to contribute to life and should just be put away somewhere. I would say they have a lot to contribute. That lady back there and that lady back there. These are all societally believed elderly. And I don't see any elderly people in here. That's just my thought. And to back this up, a while back, you know, you go, I don't know. Does anyone else go on YouTube to look for videos? Yeah? YouTube? No? Okay. I know a couple of us do. If you click on home, they'll give you suggestions. And you click on random things. And one came up that was, it was the audio of a real, an old 80s, I believe, lecture that Greg Braden gave. And I'd forgotten completely about it. I think I was a, I was a kid when that came out. And he... In this story, he told about a village in Asia where 100-year-olds ran around on bicycles, vibrant, healthy, and alive. And on the day that they decide to die, they decide to die. That was the first thing that got me into it. They have a big party. They leave the party at some particular point to go off to sleep and make their transition. That is not the race consciousness around aging that we have in the U.S., is it? You don't get to be healthy and vibrant and valuable until you're 100, and then you decide you don't want to. That's what we believe. But you get the idea. All of that was contingent upon the collective belief of the community, right? And here's the thing about collective consciousness. We're subject to these beliefs even when we don't actually think them, or have them rolling around in our personal consciousness. We're subject to them unless and until, to quote the textbook, I'm going to fill that blank, the collective unconsciousness contains a record of all human events that have ever transpired. We are all more or less subject to this collective thought since it acts as a powerful race suggestion. The sum total of all erroneous human belief binds until the individual mentality lifts themselves above the law of averages. That was Thomas Troward's term was race consciousness. Started out here. 
So when it's written, risen above the law of averages into the higher law of spiritual individualism. So the sum total of all erroneous human beliefs binds us until we lift ourselves above the race consciousness and into the higher law of spiritual individualism. Science of Mind again, page 350. There is, of course, a much deeper seat of knowledge than race consciousness, which is the spirit. Direct contact with the spirit is illumination. And this is where grace consciousness comes in. We're going to look into what grace consciousness means more deeply in our Easter service next week. But we all need to make that shift beginning now to grace consciousness by bringing God into the picture, by adding a G to the word race, by getting that grace. And Holmes tells us in The Science of Mind on page 198, the one whose thought is the most godlike, that is the truest, the highest, the most noble, the most complete, the most peaceful, will be the best healer. When thought reaches a higher degree of perfection, as the race consciousness unfolds and evolves, it will bring out a still greater development of life than we know now. So when we add God to our consciousness, shifting gears, so to speak, we move out of, we transcend race consciousness and move into that grace consciousness, and then we're no longer affected by it. Not only are we no longer affected by it, our elevated consciousness elevates and it evolves that race consciousness that was previously held. An example of evolved race consciousness. In the Science of Mind at page 226, Holmes writes, and listen for the race consciousness of the times. Because you have to remember, this was written in the 1920s, okay? An instance of race consciousness is the belief that one more than 40 years of age, one more than 40 years of age is easily fatigued, cannot engage in strenuous exercise of any, t- any kind, and must work fewer hours each day. This race suggestion has hypnotized the entire world. Only a few people past 40 dare to undertake new endeavors and engage in activities with the same enthusiasm they did at 25. Yeah, I forgot that was in there until this week. And I went, wow, that's not my experience. Yeah, so after 40, we couldn't do things, period, back then. So we've evolved, right? We've definitely evolved. Race consciousness can evolve. And we can all help it by bringing our grace consciousness to the table. So it is, in fact, everything that you've ever thought, done, seen, heard, or experienced that has left an imprint upon you. And so is your family life, your ancestral background, the sum total of what the whole world has thought or believed. And there's more to it. There's more to you than this. Just as you're being acted upon by your own memories, the mind of history, and your environment, you're also being acted upon by the mind of God which is within and around you. So while today you may be experiencing the effects of the race consciousness and your own beliefs, you must know that today, right now, in this very moment, you can begin to change them. How? Simply by choosing a God thought each and every time. Engage in the practices we teach here. Visioning. 
prayer, visualizing, affirmations, meditation. See the best outcome and let go of the how. Choose to know that you live in a friendly universe that is not out to get you, but is rather out to give to you. This is how we develop our grace consciousness, and we'll continue this exploration for the rest of the month. But for now, I want to conclude with a real-life example of shifting gears from race consciousness to grace consciousness as it relates to something very real and tangible in life. And this is from someone who used to go to church here many years ago, and they moved away uh, to Arizona. And I've kind of stayed in contact with them now and then. Man, I got... Yahoo message, the messenger text earlier. It said, God showed up for me yet again. I've been listening to your talks online for these last couple of years since you said you'd been speaking at church. And in several of your talks, you said to have a vision, set your intention, make a commitment, do what's yours to do, and let God figure out the how. So I've been doing that around finances and my retirement, abundance, and prosperity. I paid off bills and changed the way I pay bills, not waiting to the last minute, so that I could really focus on putting more money into my retirement with the intention of potentially paying off my house before I retire, even though I've been upside down in it for seven years now. So race consciousness says that if you're upside down in your mortgage for seven years, you're stuck, right? Yeah? That's a long time. Probably not going to get out of that one. That's what race consciousness would tell us. They go on to say, I got a a call from my loan agent telling me that Arizona has changed the guidelines for the HARP program. That's the Home Affordable Refinance Program for homeowners who feel like they're underwater. And he thought that I could qualify. So I applied. And I was approved for a $68,000 principal loan reduction on my home. That new loan should close this week. What this means is the vision I had to pay my house off in 15 years' time has happened. I did my part, and God absolutely showed up and did the how. I'm still in amazement because I would have never thought something this big would happen, but now I see that's because of the limits I would put on God. And it just goes to show when you open up, he blows your socks right off. This really reminded me to let God be God. They went on and said, I could go on and on, but you get what I'm saying. I'm blessed beyond measure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You rock. And since you'll probably be listening to this online later on, I'll let you know it's you who rocks. We can all rock when we move from race to grace consciousness. And we do that by simply bringing God into the picture, into every picture, as simple as that. So let's pray to rise above that race consciousness and into grace consciousness. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes and silently affirm this prayer with me. We know there is one perfect intelligence that is on purpose and creates everything out of itself. Because that source is all there is, source is in me, within me, and all around me. And working through me right now. Because I know that my thoughts create my reality. I mindfully monitor and choose what I am thinking. I think and allow only positive thoughts to pass through my consciousness. I refuse to dwell on any negative thoughts and focus only on the highest and best ideas for my life.
I now realize the truth of my greatest good. I am thankful and I am grateful for the creative power of spirit, for the principle that is at work in my life, and for this knowledge that has been revealed to me. I release this treatment to the law, knowing that as I speak my word, it is already happening for my greater good and the good of all concerned. So let it be. And so it is. Amen.